Hello, and welcome to the Anniversary Brothers podcast, where we talk about the anniversaries of your favorite TV shows and movies. I am your host, Aaron Sarnecki, and joining me, as always, is my brother, Josh. Howdy, Josh. Welcome to Good Burger, home of the Good Burger. Can I take your order? Okay, Josh. So just want to drop right in, as usual. Uh, But I feel like he didn't give us the full context. Um, Maybe... um, we can get some better context uh, with our special guest, uh, Allison Lips. Home of the Good Burger, may I take your order? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was pretty good. It wasn't, you know, all that in a bag of chips. Uh, I, yeah, I know. It's, this is already going to an auspicious start. I think uh, the weirdest place I've seen in all that reference was on the late show with David Letterman. Oh uh, yeah, I can imagine. Um, actually, I was watching, um, I was watching guys' grocery games, and Kel Mitchell and his wife were on there, and they, of course, they had to mention orange soda. Uh, I think. <laughs> wow, that is a surprising callback. Right. Yeah. <laughs> But um, so I think that's what all that is best remembered for at this point. Oh, right. All that and Keenan and Kel. But we're not just talking about those two shows. No, actually, we are talking about. I mean, really, we're talking about, you know, dozens of shows um, that were on the SNCC programming block that was on Nickelodeon from 1992 to 2005. So the SNCC is short for Saturday Night Nick. So um, basically, I was reading up a little bit about it. It's like, I guess at, at some point there was this notion is like, yeah, kids won't want to watch things on Saturday night, which I like find strange because like, I don't know, kids, when you're like eight or nine, like unless you're like going to the movies, which your parents would take you, like where else are you going to be? You're going to be watching TV probably. <laughs> Well, I, I looked up that too. And supposedly their reasoning was that there was a, like a specific programming block of 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. where younger kids were going to be too young to stay up that late. And older kids getting into teenagers would want to be out with their friends doing things. So this was for like that in between, like, I guess, tweens, really. Oh, um, the tweens. But Nickelodeon's audience isn't 16 to 18 year olds. So that wouldn't really be a problem anyway. Yeah, it's some weird logic, but that's that's what they thought. Right. Yeah. So um, this launched on, um, I believe it was what, August 15th, 1992. So, uh, Josh, tell us, you know, how you were, you know, three months old watching SNCC. Oh, man, I remember it like it was yesterday. Um, I don't even no. know if our parents had cable at that point. <laughs> yeah, I definitely do not remember watching it when it came out, but I do remember watching it um, definitely as we got older and, and very um, you know, fond of some of the shows that aired during that programming block. So I, uh, yeah, can't, can't say I remember when it first came out. Um, right. Net, Allison, do you remember um, watching Snick a lot when you were a kid? I'm not that much older than you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I do remember watching it a lot when I was six or seven, mm-hmm. which is probably younger than their target 
demographic. Right. Which means I remember Keenan and Kel, all that, though I don't remember the really early episodes of all that. I mm. loved Clarissa Explains It All. And I mostly remember the live action block from SNCC, even though shows like Ren and Stempy did make appearances occasionally. Right. Ren and Stimpy is a show that I only heard of later. I maybe saw like one episode when I was real young and like didn't know what it was. And people like, yeah, there's this show called Ren and Stimpy. It was like it was just so like ridiculous and so, you know, kind of unage inappropriate that they're like they took it off the air. <laughs> it's just like, what? No. No. It's problematic in many ways, and we don't have enough time to get into it. Right. Yeah, <laughs> we were talking about this, Allison, since she said, if we talk too much about Ren and Stimpy, you'll just derail the whole podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, in fairness, though, we have plenty of other shows that also right. aired on SNCC. Um, so, yeah, if we're just even looking at the original lineup when it uh, first aired in 92. Uh, it included Clarissa Explains It All, Roundhouse, Ren and Stimpy, um, and Are You Afraid of the Dark? But definitely as it progressed, it did include a lot of other shows like All That, King and Kel, The Amanda Show, uh, Animorphs. Animorphs, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, I, it really was known for its, li- at least I think it was, it was known for its live action stuff. I mean, you got the cartoons pretty much every other time when you're watching Nickelodeon. I mean, unless you're watching reruns of Hey Dude or something like that. Or all the game shows. I or mean, the, all the game shows. The golden, yeah. Well, 80s to the nine, early 90s. Right, definitely. Nickelodeon. Right, by, by the time, I, I, I think by the time Josh and I were watching, like Legend of the Hidden Temple was, going, was there and Guts was there. Um, Double Dare, they brought back for Double Dare 2000. Um the worst double there <laughs> but um but By yeah I, I think really like the the live action shows shined for uh the snick uh programming block um and i mean it's interesting you mentioned clarissa explains it all because and even ren and stimpy um i don't know about roundhouse um but clarissa and ren and stimpy they both actually had already started by the time this was airing so um yes and more on roundhouse roundhouse was the bridge between you can't do that on television and all that uh, okay so it was sort of like the i guess test run for all, all that yes okay and then i was like roundhouse like i was thinking of like chuck norris or something like that <laughs> yeah i was like it's just like I'm, like, I'm sorry, yeah, I took karate. Kick. So when I hear roundhouse, that's what I, I roundhouse kicks. Yeah, roundhouse I kicks. took karate too. Uh, then I thought like loud house, like loud I know house, that's a more right, recent yeah. show, but um, yes. But I, I was interested because uh, when I read up on the history of SNCC, I didn't realize there were sort of different eras. Like there was the standard SNCC, which was up until like summer '99 or fall '99. And then there was like Snick House where they like everybody was in like a house. Um, and <laughs> the then couch. Well, no, the couch was always there, I think. Mm-hmm. Orange like, couch. The orange couch was always there. But like apparently, and- like they I guess put a house around it. And then mm-hmm. there was like Snick 
on air dare so i guess i like dared stars oh, yes. to do this things the jamie lynn spears era, era uh-huh. and then it became teen nick yeah teen nick uh which i honestly I, I, the only experience i have with teen nick is when they then later they're like hey maybe the teens like watching these old 90s shows so they had like the was it the splat on teen nick or whatever yes which is now I don't remember what they call it. So it's it, it kind of went full circle. No. Yes. Also, we'll be remiss if we do not mention that after Snick ended, they gave away the orange couch and filled it with cash. I did read that. What? <laughs> yeah, there's like a prize they filled with like cash and some other stuff. I forget what. Some kid got the orange couch. I wow. can't imagine their parents I... being too happy. right um but i guess i guess if we're we're gonna if we're talking about a programming block we're gonna talk i guess about the shows so um i know we we started off um we talked about carissa explains it all which was um um one of the shows that we watched for this um and something I told Josh when I was watching the first episode of this is that it's like, you can very much tell like it took place in like late nineties and early nineties has like a very different vibe. So it almost feels like you're watching something from the eighties. Yes, absolutely. It's also very holds up in a lot of ways because they're making, they might be giant references and, whole bunch of things where i'm like i would not have known this when i was a child watching mm-hmm. the show right and and part of me is like i it made me miss i mean even though i would have been too young for that part to remember but i i, I kind of missed the 90s fashion even though like by today's <laughs> standards people probably think it was questionable <laughs> No, it's all cyclical. It, it it's yeah. been back. Wait, yeah. Didn't you say, jo- Josh? Aren't a was it a plaid? Is that what's making a comeback? Uh, I, I don't know. I know. Or was it or was it like cargo pants or something? Oh, there's a variety of things. I I think p- fanny packs were recently fanny- coming back. That was like the big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, also, just to to go back to the the couch conversation. Um, so for the 20th anniversary of Nickelodeon, they uh, yeah they gave out the couch in a contest and it was stuffed with $25,000 in cash and 6,000 cookies. Yeah. That's kind of like unsanitary putting all those cookies in there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's I, a very I, Nickelodeon thing though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've, I've heard of, you know, finding like change in the couch, but what never they, cookies. I, 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 for some reason, like I imagine, like what if they had like a waterbed, but it was filled with slime and it was like see-through. That seems very on brand. <laughs> yeah. Well, they did have slime bobs, which were disgusting. Mm. Mm. Right. But yeah, so going back, sorry, I kind of got us off track with uh, Clarissa Explains It All. I also kind of miss the, um, just the marvel of looking at a computer and like the very like rudimentary graphics on it and be like, wow, this is amazing. Of course, like, they, they show yes. her like doing this computer graphic thing. It's like, I'm going to get my brother on a hot air balloon. I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure your computer is not powerful enough to run that simulation. <laughs> not, you know, pre, you know, Windows 95 
not even like probably windows 2000 <laughs> yeah i recently rewatched jurassic park and i was like yep this was an era of <laughs> wow isn't this amazing it's like there's you know no what? start but you know there's no taskbar <laughs> where is it <laughs> yeah uh, oof. but no i what the one thing that really got me watching clarissa explains it all was just melissa joan hart like obviously like know her like from uh, also like sabrina the teenage witch and um she kind of had you know a, a big career um as she got older but like she's so young and clarissa explains it all it was like it was like i thought she was so much older when that came out but like right. no, no she is a child right. well i i feel like even High though school. that's true that that's true i i think when you watch you know the first episode even she already feels like she's very much in command of that character she already knows you know what like who clarissa is you know like you know she's this you know teenager she even has like this <laughs> this like sticker in her room is like ask a teenager they know everything and like that like <laughs> kind of like sums up like she thinks she knows everything and like she knows some things and sometimes she doesn't but it also is sort of just like navigating her life with like her parents and her like her brother that annoys her and i just I, I think she completely sells it it's also a format where the fact that the pilot episode is so much exposition you don't really notice it because she right. talks to the camera regularly right yeah. anyway and i like how they established in the first episode that sam never uses the door and <laughs> everyone knows this Right. That was something I, I, I was like, something I never forgot. About. I was like, yeah, she, there was that guy who didn't use the door. He always climbed up the window. And apparently them being in a room alone in high school. Yeah, they're just fine. like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Although I was reading that the, like, the creator of the show like, said like, part of the reason they did that was like to avoid controversy around him coming in a room. I was like, I don't what okay. by like sort of well he were, were they like he's supposed to be what like a couple years younger than her or i think they they're the same age oh i for some reason it, it's hard for me to tell with these kids <laughs> i was oh. like well i think he was just kind of pre-puberty at that point yeah that's that's true also elvis the security alligator is really bad at his job <laughs> yeah i was i totally forgot about that and then i read that they took it away in the second season uh, oh I, I, it, it took me a second to, like what the heck are they talking about <laughs> yeah. everyone knows about elvis the security alligator mm-hmm. yeah the you little... don't have a security alligator oh so many break-ins over there mm-hmm. what kind of security system do you have come on i mean man. the window's always open mm-hmm. <laughs> um no it, it is such a <laughs> I don't know. It, Aaron, like you said, like it's very kind of like late 80s more than it is right. early 90s almost. Right, but um, I feel like it's also the plot of it is it feels very like I think a kid could still watch this and get something out of this. Yes, like yes, so like they're not going to recognize half the things are in the room, but like the idea of like a younger sibling annoying an older sibling is still very relatable and you know trying face. to yeah. yeah. Or or like trying to attach your younger sibling to a hot air balloon is very really. <laughs> yeah. 
this is one of those shows where if they decided to remake it and modernize it, yeah. I wouldn't be like, oh, don't. It won't right. work. Right. It would work as long as it's not a bunch of adults trying to reclaim their childhood. Right. Yeah. Uh, supposedly that I read that they talked to Melissa Joan Hart about, I guess, doing some sort of continuation or reboot. Yes. And um, for some reason, it fell through, much like the Lizzie McGuire show that um, Clarissa would move to New York, go to journalism school, and it would air on CBS. Oh, no, that's, that's where they went wrong. It's like, no, it's like, why make it for like, it's just like, I want to relive my childhood. But like, they have a, a job like I do now. It's like, is that really what you want? It was <laughs> immediately after Lizzie McGuire. So this would be not Lizzie McGuire. Um, uh, not Sabrina. <laughs> um, Clarissa explains it all. Yeah. And before Sabrina. Oh, okay. So that it was already in the works. Yes. Oh, okay. No, I was actually reading that they were trying again to reboot it and it, it fell through. Oh, I didn't know about that uh, or at least they you know were conversations because you know those executives are always like what if we could remake that and then somebody either says yes or no. Uh, no they one thing they did though was the the creator of the show did write a book um reimagining uh clarissa as uh an adult in her 20s called clarissa no called things i can't explain and so there there is a book sort of continuation that came out in 2015 interesting and no one's ever heard of it i was gonna say i've never heard of it yep i'm here for that was it self-published uh probably i like i'm surprised like the nickelodeon allowed them to to change all the like character names or something like that yeah i don't i'm finding very little information about it there's also a Clarissa Explains It All album. Oh, wait, so this movie or this show had like a soundtrack? Not exactly. It's basically Melissa Joan Hart as Clarissa being a proto Avril Lavigne. Oh, uh, that, that, that checks <clears throat> out. I, I feel like it's like if we can get them in a TV show and a singing deal, like very much like they I feel like they tried that um, again with Zoe 101. Of course, her, her sister was Britney Spears. So I was like, we got to get her singing, too. Was this-, this was well before that. Yeah. The business yeah. model of Disney and Nick. Yeah. Wow. Um, but yeah, I, um, I this would definitely be a show that like I would not mind going back to. Um, I think that. Like I said, it's still pretty relatable and still yet has like the retro vibe. Um, and it's also a show that I feel like you could. Oh, ah, I forgot about one thing that surprised me in the show that I was like, I was, I didn't know that they were like allowed to do that. That like they had the whole plot. The reason she wants revenge on her brother. The bra. Because he pulls out her training <laughs> bra in class. I'm like, oh, man, I did not. I'm surprised they were allowed to do that. And then there's a reference to the mafia. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah. I will say I'm a little concerned about how many 
you know, teens and, and, and kids try to uh, wrap their uh, siblings in straight jackets after seeing this. Oh, yeah. I mean, there was that one time, Aaron, that you did that to me. And, you know, that no, was, no. no. Um, I just broke your toys. The fact that Sam's mom had one laying around to <laughs> borrow. Yeah, that whole explanation was kind of odd, but in like mm-hmm. a very sitcom we're gonna just kind of wave it away it's like we just needed this here oh well, yeah i'm just like th- even though it was a kid show it's just like you know what like sitcoms are always in this like nonsensical world so it, it we're all good also i believe it's further established that sam comes from a very broken home which is why yeah. he's always at the darling house oh okay yeah they did seem to to imply that but yeah once again, I because it's like a sitcom world, it's it's very weird for me, like how um, like hyper unrealistic things are. Because right. when like Sam was like floating away in the balloon, I'm like, <laughs> oh, and this is how he dies. Great. <laughs> right. Um, speaking of terror, you know, terrifying incidents for children. Um, one of the other shows that we watched was. Uh, are you afraid of the dark? <laughs> Are yes. you afraid of the dark? Which was a show that I usually could not get past the intro to because I was so afraid of. I just didn't like it. It was not my <laughs> style of show. Right. Um, yeah, I, I remember just that that, that intro even freak, freaked me out. I remember watching a few episodes. Um, I think there was like one episode, like a kid played like a haunted pinball machine or something like that yeah uh, um the, the the first episode on this was these two boys are lost in the woods it's told in a you know a frame story so the midnight society a bunch of kids who they don't say are from canada but when they say sorry you know they're from canada <laughs> yes i didn't catch that <laughs> yeah it's also genuinely unsettling, but for completely unintentional reasons now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So th- all, th- and who knows, you know, all these, you know, you know, like 14 year olds are all going to go to the woods. I don't know where their parents are just letting them. Yeah. You guys go out on Saturday night, you know, in the woods telling scary stories. I think they were sneaking. It's probably. Right. Uh, so the frame, the, that's the frame story for this story about this, uh, these two kids, uh, two brothers who get lost in the woods and they make their way to a cabin where there's this old man who says he'll only show them the way out of the woods if, he ans- if they answer a riddle and they can't answer it. And so they have to go into a haunted cab. So, um, And we're almost killed. And we're almost yeah. killed. Yeah, I mean, again, I'm a little surprised, like, they're able to get away. I mean, of course, for like anybody who's like over the age of like 12, it's probably not that scary. But like seeing, you know, oh, it's a hand in a jar is like for like, you know, a you know, seven year old kid, that's probably pretty scary. Unless they've seen the Adams family. I mean, yeah, unless they've seen the Adams family. Yeah. Yeah. I I yeah, I was surprised that. As, as an adult now, I didn't find it all that scary. 
I will say the one moment that was unsettling, and maybe this isn't fair because it's been done better elsewhere, is when the cab driver turns his head around. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. Just this 180 turn of the head is like, whoa, okay. Yeah, I just hear the bones crunching. Yeah. Oh, I didn't find it scary. I just found the bunch of kids alone in the woods, and then the story about a two brothers wandering the woods and then this old guy in a cabin yeah. right. like a bunch of people kids should not be around <laughs> right yeah. yeah it kind of reminds me of the magic mystery special with mark summers where he goes into the woods with a bunch of kids <laughs> where in an era of stranger danger i had no idea how they got away with it i guess it's mark summers and he's uh-huh. like your uncle and right. <laughs> <laughs> i remember one time when i was working in the city for this one uh this is they were either at like the local y but like whoever was taking care of the kids they all came past me all said stranger danger oh my god <laughs> So stranger danger is still a thing. Well, I mean, granted that was like eight years ago, but still. (laughs) One thing that I want to point out before we move on is that the first episode of, are you afraid of the dark? Reminded me a lot of the first episode of lost. Hmm. Interesting. With a lot of running around in the woods, trying to unsettle you. That's fair. I can see that. See, I got more of a well. I got I got two vibes from it. One was just um, I hated the the two brothers. Uh, just <laughs> like I, I was like so yeah. annoyed. It's funny how like the siblings siblings fighting worked for Clarissa, but doesn't seem to work for this. It's because it's because he's too mean. Because he's like, I wish you fell off the cliff. <laughs> I think it's because they're in actual danger. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's true. But the the other thing that struck me was like, this feels like very much an inspiration for Cabin in the Woods, um, that oh. horror movie from. <laughs> it doesn't. I mean, I, well, for me, it did because like oh, we're like, we need to get to this cabin. And then, like, there's all this other convoluted stuff. I mean, I feel like they just isn't that just Evil Dead? It. I suppose so. But it just, I just, like, why is this so complicated? Like, you could just have them go to the cabin and then be in danger of getting, like, mm-hmm. turned into a science experiment. So why is there also ghosts in a cab and mm-hmm. all this other stuff? It's like, you're, you're so convoluted. Right. And riddles. It's like, where's Gollum? Is this Gollum here? Right. Did you think the riddles were good? Because I thought that I think it was. I mean, if I'm that kid's age, I'm not going to be able to figure them out. <laughs> They're giving him too much credit. I thought it was a the the big one that they had to solve. I thought that was a good one. It, it's but... it was was it you know New York Times crossword puzzle you know guy who wrote all the uh, the puzzles for Batman Forever was it that level? Oh, I didn't know about that. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Oh, I want to. I want to do that crossword puzzle now. Yeah. No, I'm not good at crossword puzzles. I have to do the mini one. Right. All the words are like five letters long. I'm not. I'm not good enough for the full one. Right. I, I, I think we should mention what the riddle is for the listeners. Um, yes. Josh, so if, do you, oh, you have a full. <laughs> no, I think I have it mostly for memory. Um, so it's what is something that um, is. Um, you can't see it. Um, if you put it in a barrel, it makes the barrel lighter. 
And oh, what's the last part of it? Um, no, wait, you can see it. It weighs nothing. And if you put it in a barrel, it makes the barrel lighter. There we go. Oh, yeah. So I, just I got it wrong. It. Yeah. Oh, do, oh, okay. What did you think it was? I thought it was like just light. Light. It's like, oh, like if you put like a, a like a light bulb or something or a light into the barrel, it's like, okay, you can see the light. It'll make it lighter, like in a not yeah, the same manner. You just put like a light bulb in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like you can make an argument for other answers. Right. right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't trust that ghost cabby driver. I right. feel like so, I just so died. the answer is a hole. You're supposed to put a hole in the barrel. So it's lighter because it's missing the bottom, presumably. Yeah, it's, it's 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 pretty good. I, I'm I'm happy with that. I, I feel like the, when they went around the circle and all the kids are complaining about like you can't solve this riddle, it's like you guys are just upset because you can't figure out the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, although I will say, what about the I, riddle? What about the riddles that Blaine did in Pokemon? Oh, excellent. those were hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I will say just going back to like the frame device, I don't remember that um and like like you said Aaron we didn't really watch are you yeah. Dark all that much but I really did like it um just one because I feel like it's a very common like trope when it comes to yeah. um horror like going yeah. back to like Frankenstein and and uh-huh. other um really old like gothic uh-huh. um stories which I, I found cool to have that still uh-huh. um and also it, it was, I think, a, a good moment of, um, like, diversity. Like, there were several girls in there. It's like, hey, look, girls can also tell scary stories. Like, this isn't mm-hmm. just, like, uh, like right. a boys' club. Mm-hmm. I, I think... Uh, I thought I heard somewhere that Ryan Gosling was on an episode, but it could be wrong. I can look that up. Um, I know that... Um, was Alicia, he on the Mickey Mouse Club? He was in the Mickey Mouse Club, I'm pretty sure. Um, uh, I know that uh, Alicia Cuthbert, who was later on 24 and Happy Endings, was on. Uh, she was on one of the later seasons. Uh, I don't think most of these kids went on to do any. I mean, granted, most of them are like Canadian, so like. I don't know. <laughs> okay, I can confirm that Ryan Gosling was in an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? And Strange Love, he was also in an episode of Goosebumps. Oh, okay. Mm. Nice. Yeah, so Ryan Gosling, you know, owes his entire career to Are You Afraid of the Dark? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. That's that's what we're saying here. Right. Uh, but as we're uh, talking about uh, other shows... Um, Really, I, I think the show for me that defines Nick is all that. Um, yes. it's like this is the show that you went to all. Uh, you went to all that to watch all that. You went to <laughs> Snick to watch all that. Um, so it started in '94, and I think it ended in what, like '04 or '02. Yeah, it was ten years. Ten years, okay, and. Um, something weird that um for some reason on netflix there's only the seasons two and three on there and even like i think paramount plus is like 
is only like two through five. And for some reason, it's like you can't watch the first season. And then and it's without musical guests. Yeah, without the musical guests, which Josh was like shocked when there's no musical guests. Uh, and wow. it just kind of redoes the the theme song with this very generic um, credits. Um, it's funny, though, because Josh and I were not very much into the music scene. Uh, and I don't really consider my I don't know if I just was not into 90s music. But Josh, don't you remember a lot of times? And I don't think it had anything to do with who the genre of music was. We often would mute who was the musical guest. Oh, yeah. Like we would mute or like go to we, Cartoon Network we, like for like five For some reason, seconds. Josh and I did not. And even and and even like like when I like would like watch an episode of like The Late Show or something like that. Musical guest is always or or SNL musical guest has always been my least favorite part of the show. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Did did you watch the the musical guest for all that though, Allison? I would watch the entire show. Okay. I don't particularly remember any musical guests. Right. I remember that it was a lot of hip hop uh-huh, right. and R and B. Right. Um. For the episode we watched, which we since there didn't have the first season. Uh, premiere we watched the third uh, season premiere um, I think they had LL Cool J they did and and that was one of the things that kind of blew my mind was that well he would do a show like all that that's for kids no it was actually that they had some like actually very notable performers on there and like I always assumed it was just like or like looking back I assumed it was like oh you know like people that no one cares about or no one's heard of like uh or just little bow wow or, yeah, <laughs> yeah but no like like even the um like the opening song or the theme song for all that is, is from or made by tlc which is yes. a very notable group um, and it's specifically for that show yeah um but then like later on they had coolio they had usher um I, run dmc what <laughs> yeah 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 they had uh yeah ll cool j they that they, they had like a very surprising uh amount for some of, reason like, i think people. like they needed to have uh one or two 90s ska bands i have to imagine <laughs> <laughs> i mean uh, i'm a dude you're a dude we're all dudes <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh yeah, they also had later on Mary J. Blige, the Spice Girls, uh, Missy Elliott, Boys to Men, Destiny's Child, wow. Salt and Pepper. They had like some pretty big names, mm-hmm. right? Um, but Shaquille um, O'Neal. <laughs> Shaquille I don't know. O'Neal. I don't know. I, I think he actually did perform probably. <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal did have a rap career. He has a song with Biggie, or he did. Uh, legend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, so as the hip hop uh hip hop was a huge influence on you know all that and i think this you know especially for i think josh and me growing up in sort of suburbia was like really like exposure to that scene was something that we were previously unexposed to yes yeah most of my exposure was through nickelodeon and those musical acts on all that mhm and that theme song, though, that is mm-hmm. still probably one of my favorite songs. Mm-hmm. I like TLC. Right. right. Yeah. No, it's good. I 
looking back, I didn't realize that it was like calling on like hip hop and, uh, you know, these kind of um, things that we weren't getting as just like white suburbanites. Right. Um, So like if we're talking about Josh, do you have the cast pulled up? I do. So we're just for the, well, the first season, the first two seasons and the third season, I guess, aren't, they're all the same except they added one person. Amanda. Yeah, they added Amanda. So we had, you know, Keenan, Kel, um, was it Katrina Johnson? Yes, who played Ross Perot. I know, it's like, who I had no idea when I watched it, who Ross Perot was. And his pie charts. (laughs) So uh, Katrina Johnson, um, I'm blanking on the other names. Yeah, so uh, they also had Lori Beth Denberg. Yeah. Who went on to the Um, Steve Harvey show. uh, Alyssa Reyes. Mm -hmm. uh, Josh Server. Yeah, and uh, Josh Server is just, he he had, he he sometimes was in... uh, Good burger, right? Because yes. like, yeah, to, to, to have your name be server is like perfect to be. <laughs> it's like here's your. And then uh, yeah, for season three, um, they added Amanda Bynes, who Josh is talking about how young Melissa Joan Hart was. Amanda Bynes is like a, a diapers <laughs> in yeah. this first episode, like not literally, but like, but almost. Like how do you know? Nick Cannon? Yeah, Nick can did Nick Cannon come in? Uh, oh, we were just talking. Yeah, what uh, was Nick Cannon? Nick Cannon was featured in season five, but he wasn't a main cast member till season six. Right. And of course, um, yeah, um, apparently like Gabriel Iglesias, who was like a stand-up artist who or a comedian who I, I know because I have a friend who oh, yes. liked him. I was like, he was on this show. I was like, what? Yeah. Uh, um, also, I, I know we already made a reference to Jamie Lynn Spears. She was on in later seasons. She was? Yeah, she came in on dun, 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 season season eight and nine. Uh, well, I don't I don't think I was watching. I was probably watching Cartoon Network by then. Oh, yeah. Danny Tamborelli also. Oh, yeah. Oh, from yeah. Uh, what? From Pete and Pete? Yes, and all that. Not all yeah. that. <laughs> um, figure it out. Oh. And then also just a uh, another. This is maybe more of a, a random poll, um, but Jack DeSena, who later went on to voice Sokka in Avatar: The Last Airbender, right? And wasn't he with he was on Zoe One Hundred and One too? I think. Uh, maybe. Let me let know. me see. It's on the Dragon Prince. The Dragon Prince. The Netflix show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not seeing. Honestly, Zoe 101 is just such a like a blur to me. I don't think we've really watched that. No, uh, that that wasn't a show that we watched. But yeah, I mean, the cast over the year was just so solid. Um, And I mean, what what do you guys thoughts? You know, any standouts or any thoughts on the cast? Yeah, I mean, I think some of the ones that we mentioned are like really the, the big names uh, like Keenan and Kel, obviously so popular that they got their own show after this. Um, and then Amanda Bynes once again, also so popular that she got her own show after this um, one person that I, as far as I know, didn't get her own show, but I always thought was like, when I think of all that, I think of her specifically 
was Lori Beth Denmark. Um, just like her information. Exactly. Her just sitting at the desk, like saying random stuff like mm-hmm. that makes absolutely no sense. Like when I think of all that, that is the first thing that comes to mind. That mm-hmm. and Good Burger. I would have, now that we're talking about it, it w- would have been interesting if they expanded that idea into like a daily show for kids mm-hmm. where it's mm. just random things and it's like from like a school of some kind mm-hmm. that'd be good that'd be good missed opportunity there mm-hmm. yeah um aaron did you have any favorites or standouts i mean yeah i mean you probably named all of mine uh i i remember being a big fan of nick cannon when he was on um and, and enough that he also got his own show yeah yeah i was never a nick cannon fan oh uh, okay uh, well that that's okay considering <laughs> what he's up to now uh, oh, no. yeah no i feel like it's been a, a year aaron for like us like having actors come up as like and they're not a great person um, yeah so the less we say about nick cannon probably the better right right but um yeah, I, I just think it's just, they had so many talented kids that like they did like this whole like star search and like they uh, for all these kids and like they they I think they found ones that were all really talented and then yeah. canceled the show the next season. Yeah, yeah, it had like a weird run. So you all mentioned like how long it was on for. So it, it did come out in ninety four. Yeah. And then technically it went until 2000. Yeah. And then it relaunched again in 2002. Right. And went to 2005. Mm-hmm. And then they did a revival in 2019. Right. Which only lasted a year. Right. Um, so it was a little, you know, stop and go. Right. I, yeah, I mean, it's also, I mean part, go ahead. It's also the, unusual Nickelodeon show where you start watching it and then by the end of it's run you've completely grown out of it mm. and I don't mean the revival it's like I started watching it I was seven and eight when it was revived I was 12 13 when you start growing out of Nickelodeon mm-hmm. yeah I mean Josh and I were probably younger or, or older than most of our cast growing out of Nickelodeon <laughs> or uh our classmates um but yeah i mean we're probably like 15 which again is older than most of our you know by the time we were in middle school most of our classmates were watching mtv where we were still watching nickelodeon and cartoon network but i i will somewhat defend at least all that on that front because it really did have this very interesting partly and i i told you this Aaron, like it reminded me of like mtv era like the way they were able to get these hip hop artists um, and yeah. other musical guests. Um, but also, and this is, you know, this is not an epiphany by any means, but for me, it was like a big realization of like, okay, this is just, you know, Saturday Night Live for kids. Yeah, it is. Um, and Keenan and Kel almost were reunited on Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. But if Kel only. missed out on it. Right. Uh, and that, I was always surprised that like, I mean, Keenan is great, but I'm going to say most people, Kel was their favorite. So I was sort of surprised that Kel wasn't the one who ended up on SNL. But Keenan, maybe just like, I don't know, maybe he's just his style 
gels better with the cast. I don't know. I yeah. found Kel as an actor to be kind of annoying yeah. in ways that Keenan wasn't. Right. That's but fair. Keenan is more understated. So, yeah, he usually plays more of the straight man. Um, right. Yeah. But, but getting into sort of like the, the sketches, you know, minus the musical guests. So the first had the little intro um, where Amanda is introducing herself and she's giving everybody presents. And I think they, something that they later, you know, play on with the Ask Ashley uh, segment where they, they play on like the, oh, cute, sweet, innocent. And then at the end, she launches the, you know, the stage manager through the roof yeah. <laughs> with her, yeah. uh, her chair. I thought was funny and I thought I think really set a good tone for her career on all that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about ask Ashley. That was a good one. Oh, ask Ashley. I I mean, I think at the time I was sort of like, even I was like, okay, so this is very one note. She's just going to get angry all the time. It's like, it'd be funny if like one time, like she just gave a very measured response. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and then the particular episode also had everyday French with Pierre. Esparto. Right. Right. Mm. Which Classic. I, I do kind of wonder how that played in France. If they, they had the show in France there, if people were like up in arms, <laughs> like get their pitchforked out. It's like, we're not like that. <laughs> He's saying gibberish. Right. So I don't really think it was going to offend anyone. Right. Josh and I were talking about how apparently everybody in Greece hated Hercules, the movie. I could see I that. See. Yeah. yeah. Um, did did I have any other like favorite other favorite sketches or conversely ones that you did not like? Right. So I mean, as far as the ones of this show, um, I found the one with like uh what was it the school for gifted children i had some f- I, I mean i thought it was funny when the kid jumped out the window i found that in poor taste uh, it yeah. Age well. yeah. It yeah i felt the lack of lactose intolerant man and repairman in this particular episode i know mm. repairman would have been later on because i believe right. it was a job no wasn't that Kel? It was a Josh server character. Re- Repair Man was um, was Kel, and then uh, oh, wait, Super Dude, that. who was lactose intolerant, was Keenan. Ah, uh. because there's always every time Super Dude would come to save the day, then they would like break out the dairy, and it's also weird because they also had like the cheese cops segment, which was basically yeah. like cops. So what are you going to do when the cheese is on you? Oh, yeah. And they would just break into people's house saying, you have this cheese, we're going to take it away from you. But they had a weird, like, dairy thing going on. <laughs> and then I remember, like, one segment, um, one joke was that they just stopped the sketch and said, you know, congratulations, this is the thousandth time you said cheese on the show. And like they, like, had balloons rain down. <laughs> Um, they went with balloons. I would have thought they would have cheese. I mean, it might have been cheese. I don't remember. I, I will say, and, and this is very much in line with Saturday Night Live. I feel like some of the sketches were like 
very hit or miss. Like looking at some of the other like reoccurring ones, um, there was uh, the one where Keenan played a lunch lady who was obsessed with peas. Oh, yep. That one was just always grating for me, even as a kid. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that one wasn't good. Um, I hated Ask Ashley. Always oh, meant for me. <laughs> yeah. Fair. I feel like in nostalgia, maybe, is blinding me a little bit, just because, like, I sort of... <laughs> I think it's a... In, in concept, it's funny to me. Um, I mean, this was a show that had... Compared to Saturday Night Live, which I'll admit I don't watch on a regular basis. Um, I don't think anyone does. Yeah, but but but, but all that um, had a it was mostly recurring segments, whereas Saturday Night Live is mostly new sketches each week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That is a, a huge difference. Um, yeah, but I think that also means like. I don't know. Th- there was never any like continuity with the sketches. I'd say, like, right? Like, uh, there was no, no ongoing stories, except like, kind of. There, there was one sort of in the chocolate one from this episode. I with, thought that one uh, was actually. I remember not liking that one as much younger, but I actually thought oh. that this one, that the one they did in this was funny. No, I think that may have been recurring. Also, yeah, I think it yeah. was. Yeah, because um, they explained why I, one of the I, cast I, members I, wasn't there anymore. Right. It, it very much delves into the, like, this is the gross out humor part because this is for kids, but it's like, it's not too gross because they're just eating a bunch of chocolate. No. I mean, it's it's a network of slime. Yeah, yeah but it doesn't really bother me in that context. Right. It's just like, yeah, I, I'm just going to put a dollop of chocolate on <laughs> on the cake and that's it. <laughs> yeah. Now that was I, 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 I like that more than I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, one that I just reading through here um, that I had forgot about. Do you remember a segment uh, sugar in coffee or like just two of the, the cast members would just like eat sugar and drink coffee? And just no. go berserk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wait. Uh, no, that sounds familiar. Maybe. But they like get like a whole like bag of sugar and like pretend to eat it. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty much the same thing as the chocolate, just but with <laughs> sugar and coffee. So I don't know. I, I feel like the the humor definitely did run into like certain um, categories of like, oh, right. like this is like the uh, the really frantic, uh, sporadic, off, yeah. you know, bouncing off the wall energy humor. This is like the gross out humor. This is like, I don't know, more like absurd, like random right. things. And then like right. maybe toilet humor. So like it had like its its own kind of ruts. Right. I, 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 I remember what, re-watching all that on the splat when it aired later. And thinking, this is, you know, why would I like this? This wasn't that funny. And, and then I'm sort of realizing... That I just I'm not the target audience anymore. No, I mean sometimes you have kid stuff that is is really all ages, and sometimes you have stuff that's just for kids, and that's okay. And Nickelodeon, especially at that time, was really bad at putting things on that parents didn't find grading. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our, the the only thing that I think consistently that our parents 
didn't find grading was Rugrats because they hid in a lot of humor. Or if you remember Wienerville. Wiener, okay, I do not remember Wienerville, but I, I know it. I've, I've heard of it. Oh, the Hanukkah episode is very right. It's a bunch of hot dogs, heart. right? Or, or no, or... the guy's name was Mark Wiener. Oh, okay. Or mm. was it? Was that the thing with the the popsicle sticks? No, he no. had puppets. Puppets. And if oh. you watch his pre Wienerville sketches, it was also very crude and adult oriented. Oh, okay. And with gesticulating. Oh. Which is also weird because he's now... uh, I'm not sure if he's conservative or orthodox Jew. Oh, okay. (laughs) Very odd. Yeah. Um, But but yeah, um, I I do think that, like Josh mentioned, Avatar The Last Airbender being a show that later, I think adults and children both could get into and then um i mean i really can't speak it to too much of the current uh lineup of nick i don't know how many kids if parents like watching the loud house with their kids or they don't uh i i know that um bill and another parent who i talked to this is not on nick love watching bluey um uh which is a show from australia that's on disney plus so and that's supposed to be a show that's kind of good so i don't know i think we've come a long way uh you know as far as children's programming that they they have made better strides and you know making it more accessible to adults um i See, guess you you say that and then when i visit you a few months ago you put on the patrick star show okay. and i wanted to rip my hair out some shows have maybe not gotten you know either the spinoffs aren't as good i you know people have debated for years whether spongebob after the movie was any good um or even the I mean, movie itself was any I good mean, it was canceled what, at one point yeah oh, yeah yeah Okay, I'll have to look it up. Um, uh, SpongeBob was eventually added to Snick at the end there. Right, and it was just like, that's cheating. It's like, so was Rugrats. It's like, no, that's not Snick. Like, it is, but it isn't. Like, No, because if you were in the Snick age group, you were not old enough to understand the adult references in SpongeBob yet. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that... It's, I mean, that was in the Snick house, the, the later era. Right. Um, but then they also had some ones that I don't remember, like Caitlin's Way, No One Knows Best. I remember the Brothers of Garcia. Yeah. I, uh, and, and then there, there was Shelby Woo. Shelby. See, I don't remember that. I do remember a little bit of, um, what was it the Secret Life of Alex, Alex Mack? Mack. Alex You're Mack. not helping the Nickelodeon executive theory at the time and disney did this also that boys don't watch shows with female protagonists right, right. yeah right I, I i don't i will admit i don't remember it well but i do remember she could like turn into a puddle or something yes one of her many powers yeah i don't know was there like time travel in that but show mostly maybe? melting into what looked like a puddle of mercury yeah, yeah. i was reading out she also had, like electric powers and yeah that sounds familiar uh, yeah, I was. It was a. I don't know. It sounded interesting. There was actually a lot of books that came with it. 
like um, animorphs animorphs where if anybody who doesn't know what animorphs is it's kids that could turn into animals and i was reading like a plot synopsis of it and it just sounds like an acid trip <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it's like with aliens right yeah like aliens and then i don't know there's actually also a lot of like lord of the rings references in right. it as well um yeah just because the, it's, it's, the creators were fans it's like you got a good Lothlorien, guys <laughs> so nickelodeon was planting the seeds for lord of the rings to become right. mainstream right I, I guess so but right. uh yeah some weird some right. weird show animorphs yeah i remember seeing the books in like the, yeah, the just, library uh, yeah, the books are just, you know, them gradually turning into an animal, like five different them, you know, as a human and then gradually turning into an animal. Yeah. Um, and to see like the horrific middle ground of like yeah. half human, <laughs> half eagle. It's like yeah. that is not supposed to happen. Right. Um, <laughs> so we did watch Unholy Creatures. This. We did watch one more show, which we did mention, which was Keenan and Kel. Um, and uh, watching the first episode of that, um, brought back a lot of memories because I think Josh and I think I think we watched Keenan and Kel maybe before all that. Like that's and I don't know. Am I wrong, Josh? I think we were more into Keenan and Kel than we were in all that. Um, maybe. I mean, in terms of uh, the timing, that would make sense because Keenan and Kel came out in '96. So yeah. you know. All that, you know, was already f- through a few seasons by the time yeah. we would be old enough to remember watching it. But like Keenan and Kel, like we theoretically could have watched that from the beginning. Right. Yeah. And I just, um, I don't know. I just, I remember being so sort of captivated by it. It's just like the fact that like they have the studio audience and like they introduced the show. I remember sort of like thinking you and I were sort of like a Keenan and Kel duo. Was I the Keen or was it the Kel? Uh, I, I I don't know. <laughs> also, as an adult, I now see how it's kind of like a children's version of the Jack Benny show or oh, George, is it? And, okay. um, George Burns and Gracie Allen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, like there are certain archetypes that just in comedy, especially that just stick. And um, like we said, uh, with Keenan being mostly the straight man but he certainly had his schemes and then kel was usually the one who was doing the wacky stuff um and there were just things that i didn't like i remembered his boss like i remembered him working at the grocery store but like i didn't remember what his boss looked like so seeing his boss come back on screen was almost like seeing an old friend Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i agree it was uh (laughs) and then like i forgot I, for, I, I forgot about his sister who had a crush on Kel. And I was like, this is funny. I I do. I remember the sister. I didn't remember the crush. Um, right. And I, I also, Josh, this also, it also reminded me, I'm probably wrong or exaggerating, but didn't we have a friend in the neighborhood who was also named Josh and her, his sister had a slight crush on you? How did you remember that? because that's that's i thought the same exact thing when i was watching granted the age difference wasn't near she was only probably like two years younger than than you so it was a lot smaller age difference but yeah that's (laughs) that's funny that you bring that up because yes that did happen and when i watched this 
this first episode of Keenan Kelligan, it did give me flashbacks to that. Oh, really? Okay, that's funny. not flashbacks, but like you know, it did remind me of that. Yeah, I just I remember like one time like we all went trick or treating and she like was like watching. <laughs> oh, that makes it sound creepy now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, it kind of is creepy, but in like a funny way. <laughs> you know what? That's I I can live with that, I guess. <laughs> but but yeah, it's no, th- I didn't remember uh that whole like crush angle, but I did remember like the snooping uh younger sister which i feel like like the sibling rivalry was strong with all of these shows pretty much and i, I very much remember the father who's very serious is like keenan yeah. what are you doing uh, i love his voice he's got an amazing he voice yeah it's quite a contrast to clarissa explains it all where the parents are just like yeah clarissa's being clarissa again whatever whereas here it's like keenan you need to be responsible right yeah yeah that is like a an interesting kind of dynamic and like it also i appreciate that maybe a little bit more than close to explains all like these are also like competent parents <laughs> yeah you know i i aaron you and i when we talked about um like jimmy neutron recently and just right. kind of bemoaned the stupidity of parents in cartoons. Uh, particularly, well, you've mostly the dads. Mostly the dads, yes. Um, but like you this, sort of like, like have like Homer Simpson sim- syndrome. Yeah, but no, like these are these are good parents. Like not that the parents in Clarissa explains it all are bad. They just they're very much kind of framed as uh, former hippie parents. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Was was Keenan and Kelly show that you enjoyed watching when you were younger, Allison? It was again that theme song. Mm-hmm. It was Coolio. It'll get stuck in your head all day long. I really <laughs> enjoyed it though. I don't know that I fully realized how much of an awkward white guy Keenan's bosses mm-hmm. at the time. Whereas now I'm more cringing because he's just some really bad caricature. Yeah, yeah. His boss is a is a character, but I, I know, somehow it it works. Um, it does. Yeah, yeah. Although the the whole plot of this first episode with like the comics that like that also this was another situation where this episode went in so many different directions that I was like so like how did we get from point A to point B? Like we started with like. Keenan wanting to get a car and we ended up with the cops getting involved and I was like this is not what I expected from this episode right uh, what was the the car was stolen yeah 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 but what, what was what was the I already forget what the, the comic books that they were trying to sell no no what was the the code phrase oh the chipmunk has pneumonia <laughs> Yeah, and so they couldn't remember that, and so they just kind of say all this random gibberish, and then right, Kel like the starts. Turtle has laryngitis, <laughs> right? And then Kel like, starts like quoting songs, like, <laughs> uh, like comma 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 chameleon, and like, <laughs> like okay, they're they're at a loss. Uh, I really, really enjoyed watching this again. Oh yeah, <laughs> I I for like I I enjoyed 
the I enjoyed watching all that, although definitely some of it hadn't really aged well or just, you know, I'm no longer the target audience, like we said. Mm-hmm. Um, but like this and Clarissa explains it all. I feel like they have aged well. They've <laughs> aged really well in my opinion. Yes, I could see someone our age or a little older showing it to their kid and their kid understanding it maybe not the same level we did because the technology and the styles are different, but appreciating it on some level. Yeah. No, go ahead. Sorry. Whereas all that didn't age well. And when they revived it, it lasted a year. Oh, Mm -hmm. is it already canceled? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm surprised by that. I thought it was like, just bring it back. It'll work. (laughs) It doesn't. Yeah, apparently not. But Keenan Kel has just like that wonderful like buddy comedy that like it's like a proven formula. And I mean, also like other proven like kind of character um, tropes that you know we we've seen them all before, but they work really well. Like the more like mm-hmm. scheming, get rich quick kind of individual, and then like the more uh, clueless but well-meaning. Um, kind of right so so basically ed and Nettie just missing a third ed i mean that's exactly what i was thinking to be honest it it very much struck me as similar to that um, i was not a big enough fan of cartoon right. network to have ever seen an episode of ed ed and Eddie. that's fair it was a uh, acquired taste I mean, all the all the kids had colored different colored tongues because apparently kids are always eating something that changes the color of their tongue. That was what the creator said. <laughs> Interesting <laughs> argument. Um, yeah, but Keenan and Kel, I it, it's funny like watching this. I remember like the end of it more than anything else, um, where they got to uh, like wasn't there like a horror like movie like tv movie they had like, at least one tv movie okay, I remember, like, it was like a road trip yeah like a, yeah like a road trip horror movie um, i don't remember this yeah this so, would have been like 2000 so uh, uh yeah two heads are better than none <laughs> in 2000 um yeah where keenan's family uh goes on a cross-country trip and yeah there's like a uh headless knight that's trying to kill them i i feel like they tried these weird things with these shows like they had that and then they had the even stevens movie where they're on a uh you know they're on an island but they're really on a reality show they don't know it's just like we kind of make this show into something that it's not (laughs) Mm -hmm. i think they're thinking that kids won't care and that's not true at all right I feel like Nickelodeon had a habit of doing that when it came to its most popular properties. It's like, let's turn Rugrats into a real adventure in the, the, the movies. And it's like, no, it doesn't work. Let's turn Hey Arnold into like this, like a spy movie. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like, stop uh, it. Let's have Bruce Willis voice Spike, Spike in the crossover movie with with the wild thorn bear it's just like what are you doing <laughs> yeah yeah so two heads are better known was technically like the finale of keenan and kel um and before that like the other 
I guess if there was a, like a strict episode that was a finale, it even really wasn't. It was an eclipse show. So, um, yeah, uh, that, that that's a cop out. That is. So it's yeah. not like you needed any closure with that show. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but going back to um, you know previously mentioning some stars uh, that would appear in, in different shows, there there were some very notable. Um, actors or celebrities that did make their way onto King and Cal. So in the last season, uh, Britney Spears was on it. Mm-hmm. Um, prior to that, I think, um, lose it. There's had a, a basketball player um, from the Chicago Bulls because they, um, the show takes place in Chicago. Not Michael Jordan. Not Michael. No, not like, I think, uh, I think he would have only, you know, appeared if he lost a bet. They get Dennis um, Rodman. <laughs> yeah, uh, Ron Harper. Okay. Um, but yeah, so they they had a few um, notable people on here. But now going back again to just kind of like the format, I really love just like the like on a stage, like in front of a studio audience, kind of like frame device, like. It's, it's, it, I mean, I, it doesn't necessarily like add like all that much to the show, but I just mm-hmm. find it really charming. Right. Right. And in some ways, it's like, I don't know, somehow, like, and for, for a lot of people our age, most people our age, I would think they're like, you know, this, does this show have a laugh track? It has a laugh track I'm not watching. But I feel like for this, somehow the fact that it acknowledges that it's on a stage makes it work. I'd agree with that. Yeah. Can laughter, not not a good look. But yeah, if you can get a live audience laughing, that's just feels better. It feels right. Yeah. That is true. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just looking at like, I know we already talked about some other shows I watched an episode of Angry Beavers and I'm not sure why it was ever really a fan of the show because it wasn't really that good. Um, we did mention Sabrina the Teenage Witch and the voice of Salem is the voice of Norbert. So I was like, there's something about this voice I really like. And it's like, oh, wait, this is, this is Salem. Um, and then the, the voice of Daggett is he was uh, Billy on Billy and Mandy. Mm. Except he has a very irritating voice, <laughs> which was probably the point why you have like one who has sort of like almost like a disc jockey voice, and the other one who has like a very high, almost screechy kind of voice. Um, I mean, I think it's it was well animated. I think it looks better than, in my opinion, better than a lot of shows that come out now. But I don't think it's necessarily better written than them. <laughs> um. Oh. Was that a show you watched, Allison? Angry Beavers? I loved the Angry Beavers. It's also one of those shows where I'm like, I'm not going to rewatch that. I'm yeah. good. It, I made the mistake of rewatching Doug, and I then realized nothing happens in those episodes. <laughs> Doug is a pretty uneventful show. It's all about his imagination. That's, that's, that's. Again, with Doug, the whole I thought isn't the whole point that like he it's sort of just this quiet little town, and then like 
No, the movie. Well, this is granted. This is when Disney had it's like he bags a nematode for real. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, stop it. The best part about Doug was the music. Yeah. Killer oh. tofu. No, oh, yeah. yeah. Big. I need more allowance. Yeah. Put oh. your lungs out. Yeah, that, that is true. Um, Some real bops. Yes. But yeah, uh, I. It's just, it's interesting to go back to SNCC and look at a time when programming blocks were super important because you look at what Nickelodeon does now and literally I was watching, you know, I just happened, it's like, oh, they're playing an old episode of SpongeBob, you know, you know, Mermaid and Man and Barnacle Boy 2, uh, the Dirty Bubble, great. But the, you know what? They're putting on SpongeBob for five hours straight. So that's 10 episodes and 20 segments in five hours. That's way too much SpongeBob. Yeah. You just rerun SpongeBob at this point. Yeah. It's just, it's just, you know, super long marathons of SpongeBob and the Loud House. They, they, they've just checked out. They're just, we know what our cash cows are. We're just going to play that. And that's fine. And I just, I think even though, yeah, streaming is so like, apparently like there's just this new like data that came out that like streaming beat like cable for like what was being the most watched, which yep. I'm surprised that like it already wasn't. <laughs> um, I cut the cord recently. Yeah. So. Josh has cut the cord. Um mm-hmm. But but it's just like um, even there are still people who have terrestrial TV or whatever you want to call it that um, I guess this is cable. So I don't know if that's yeah. they're terrestrial. Um, it's not. It's not. OK. In the ground wired TV um, that you need to put effort into, you know, programming blocks. You know, I talked to Josh how I thought one of the reasons that. Uh, the Legend of Korra didn't do well is because they didn't support it by putting it, ar- you know, around shows that were like it. It should have been part of some sort of action block. They could have yeah, put. They, it- don't. they could have had, you know, it could have put like the Ninja Turtles. They had the Power Rangers. They could have, you know, put an ep- you know, an episode of Avatar. They could have thought of something, something to support that show. You know, and I look at other programming blocks. So this is the 30th anniversary. Do we even, I don't know. Do we say 30th? We, if anybody can count, it's the 30th. <laughs> um, um, so 30th anniversary of SNCC, uh, but it's also the 25th anniversary this year of Toonami and uh, uh, Disney's One Saturday Morning. So like programming blocks, I mean, especially with Toonami was huge as like having a programming block for, you know, action shows in anime. Um, uh, I, I think bringing up streaming uh, for, you know, why we're not seeing them anymore is a, is a very good point because I think what we're right, seeing, but still, it's not people, there are still people watching cable. So like you got but, at least for the people who are watching cable, we've got to put in some effort. Yeah. But I, I but, think, what you previously had was like, how can we keep eyes on the TV for as long as possible by offering variety Um, and having a connection to 
now everything is a binge model of mm-hmm. you like SpongeBob. Fine. We're going to give you 500 episodes of SpongeBob because guess what? If you're watching on Netflix, you just wouldn't, you know, you just let it go to the next episode anyway. So uh, we're going like, to do the same thing for this. Every channel does that regardless of whether it's children's or adults. And then you get things like on Sundance law and order blocks. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then they'll throw in an episode of Gilligan's Island and you're like, what? Right. Yeah. I guess I'm just stuck in the 20th century. I mean, it it made sense that they did this way, and it, it arguably worked really well. Uh, I think just the success of streaming has caused them to rethink that because now we're just so built on um, watching things on demand that, like, the idea of like must see TV like coming down at a specific time to watch something is just not really you know there anymore. Like, mm-hmm. you know, even for like really big shows, like arguably the last show that had that appeal was Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that's only because of piracy. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I did a whole speech for that when I was going from MBA. Oh, okay. very cool. Yeah. So, but for, you know, now, like anything that comes out that's like must see, like, there's not like a block built around it because it's not mm-hmm. like important to have everyone coming in and staying in because they realize people are going to come in and out. So the reason you can have a marathon of loud house is because, you know, either you're going to binge it all or you can just get to come in at any random episode and watch it. So it doesn't really matter if you stick around. But also, unless it's the Super Bowl, which is losing some of its staying power, we don't really have event television Mm-hmm. anymore and even the kids choice awards the last one only had a couple like i don't remember the exact number but it was like eight hundred thousand, and it used to get like six million kids and families mm-hmm. watching it mm-hmm. yeah i remember watching them but it yeah. also the pandemic has affected tv a lot yeah, yeah. including the kids choice awards yeah but no, I, I, Aaron, to, to your point about being stuck in the 20th century, I do think it's a shame because I think it was a very smart model that worked well, not just for SNCC, but you mentioned like Toonami and, and some of the other ones. Like, I, I think there was a, you know, a very appealing aspect of like, we're going to give you a lineup of shows that we think is going to be tailor made for you and your demographic. So mm-hmm. you can just sit down for two hours, maybe more, mm-hmm. and you don't have to like leave the living room. Right. Like, and I mean, and Nickelodeon was also, you know, into that with um, Nick at Night. Yeah. So it, well, it was smart. We're also at the point where demographics have become even more niche. Mm-hmm. So at the time when Nick was successful, it was like, okay, we just need to put together a block where eight to 12 year olds will watch it. Mm-hmm. Whereas now the blocks would be more like eight to twelve year olds who really like Star Wars mm-hmm. and spend a lot of time on YouTube watching videos of unboxing action <laughs> figures. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's a another really good point to bring up, Allison, is that the, the other thing that you don't get from cable TV that people have been relied on and I think is almost like the new um, 
kind of programming block is just trusting the algorithm of YouTube or whatever website to just keep giving you things that you will enjoy, like whether that's yeah, YouTube or like TikTok uh, mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, we, we build our own, you know, blocks based off of our likes and preferences, and then it just gives it back to us. Hmm. That What that means is that none of them is completely the same. And so there's no shared experience per se. Um, but it's the closest thing I think we have is, you know, these individual bubbles that we get based off of what the AI thinks we like. Right. The only shared experiences we had were like Tiger King hmm. or... Um, what the queen the chess one the queen Queen's gambit. gambit yeah and that was only because we had major world events where everyone mm. wanted that sense of community and would watch things that they wouldn't normally watch just to be part of the conversation they wanted yeah. to know if she fed her husband <laughs> to that tiger <laughs> we still don't know <laughs> yeah that's where I- i'm not sure what chess has to do with feeding a husband to a tiger but right um, <laughs> no but so it was a very high stakes game it, it sounds like it uh, like like that checkmate really holds like a lot of weight to it um yeah so i i don't know it's 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 kind of sad to see like the the prevalence and importance of um programming blocks fade away but i think you know it's adapted to like our current way of consuming media and that's Mm -hmm. to be expected. Um, But once again, it does mean less of a communal experience because Mm -hmm. like, even if people are all watching like similar TikToks or YouTube videos, it's not all at the same time. It's not like, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, in, you know, a combined watching it's, you know, individually on your own device. Mm -hmm. Um, And so once again, like that's not necessarily, a bad thing but it's mm-hmm. it's a different thing it's a different thing yeah mm-hmm. so yeah um, and one thing i've noticed is that instead of referring to programming blocks of like various shows where like each half hour or each hour is different the networks have taken to calling programming blocks just you know like here's the next five hours of two and a half men <laughs> <laughs> Right. And that's not really what we think of as a programming block. That's mm-hmm, yeah. lazy program. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. Just a, it's just an impromptu marathon without any mm-hmm. real right. rhyme or reason. Right. It, they it, it, yeah. They don't say marathon anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When they used to have marathons, that used, man, marathons was like, I, I usually it would be for like some sort of like special episode. Um, they definitely did that with SpongeBob and stuff like that, but I mean, yeah. it's just a bygone era. Um, but I, I guess just to wrap things up, I mean, you guys have any other things to say about the legacy of SNCC? Um, I mean, honestly, it, it was fun and surprising going back to this because before I looked at all this information and, and watched these shows, I forgot that snick and Nick were not the same thing I, I thought they were both one and the same oh, um, okay so they're very different things um Nick being more of a you know a successor to snick um but i think you know if we're looking at the the legacy of this i i think it does come down to i don't know like a lot of the shows on here like did 
launch some really um, big careers um, that some of them have since fizzled. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, obviously, like Keenan Thompson was like the <laughs> huge stars of SNCC, and mm-hmm. he is still a huge star. Like he's, you know, up for an Emmy for his own individual sitcom <laughs> now. So, oh, wow. uh, you know, there there is a you know, a history to that. Um, and I think other than that, just, yeah, it's just a fun artifact of a bygone era. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alison, any thoughts from you on it? I think it's more important than we realize or even remember it as, and it's one of those things that as we get further and further away from it, people are going to forget because a lot of those careers have fizzled and nowadays Nick Cannon who was on all that and had his own Nickelodeon show is best remembered for being married to Mariah Carey and his myriad controversies not for the fact that he got his start on Nickelodeon Mm -hmm. right and then like Amanda Bynes less known for being you know um, on the Amanda show or you know for being on all that and more for like having um, like, mental so, breakdowns exactly um that just kind of really um derailed her career so yeah it's 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 a shame right um but yeah i, I mean i don't i i don't exactly look at this and be like oh what could have been if like these all of you know, these stars went to go and have successful adult careers like i mean part of me is like you know that would have been great but like I don't feel like it sullies this in in a way that's like it's like oh well it's, it's like you guys didn't make it it's like th- I mean they'll always have that as part of their career and hopefully that's something they look back at uh, fondly also it was also still a point in time where the child actors on Nickelodeon were still allowed to be children whereas now they're businesses mm-hmm. and franchises Right. Yeah. I mean, I even was like reading something. It was either like New York Times or Washington Post was like they said about all that is like what the thing they liked about it is that it let kids be kids. And I mean, I think this is very, very true. I mean, um, it's something that's also just not really re- exactly related, but it kind of blows my mind that like they shot most of these shows just like at Nickelodeon studio- Studios in Florida. It was just like where everything else is being like shot in LA. I mean, like so many things being shot in, you know, Georgia now, but like the, 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 the be like, you know what, we're going to do our own model. We're going to shoot in Orlando. It's like, I don't know. That's pretty rebellious of them. And I give them credit for it. I wish I remembered more of the details of the story. Um, Geraldine Layborn, who was president of Nickelodeon at the time, convinced Universal to allow them to build studios mm-hmm. inside, which the studios now house Blue Man Group. Yeah. So, um, unfortunately, I'm blanking out on mm-hmm. what exactly happened, but yeah. back to Geraldine Rayborn, her successor, Herb Scannell, went from having Nickelodeon more like, oh, Nickelodeon is for kids and is more like, these are normal kids who are just having fun to more of a marketing 
perspective because he was a marketing guy, which is mm-hmm. why everything became toys for this, toys for that, lunch boxes. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's understandable. You got the, the marketing people always scheming. Um, hey. Oh, sorry. <laughs> In the most positive way possible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, I want to thank you guys for, you know, joining me to talk about this because, you know, it really was a, a lot of fun. And um, it, it's a, a time, you know, in my childhood that I look back on fondly. Yeah, no, this was fun. I, I know when we came in planning to talk about an entire programming block, I was like, I have no idea if this is going to work. I think we pulled it off. Yeah. Um, so uh, either you guys have something in the works. Uh, Allison, um, we're, we're, I, I think you had an article recently. Or are you curating an article, maybe? Ah, yes, the podcast. Everyone's. No, not the podcast. Uh, so something about YouTube. I'm working on a podcast one, uh, oh, okay. but it was a YouTube favorite YouTube channel. Yeah. Mm. Right. I have not got a chance to read it yet, but I was interested because um, I'm like, I wonder what people watch on YouTube. Uh, I I, um, I know Bill, uh, he had offered uh, one example and I already forgot what it was, but I was like, this is like oddly specific, but like sounds perfect for Bill and his home life. Disney it was I think it's a Disney food blog yeah, channel. Yeah. Whereas I went if you know me well enough, I went for the really obvious one for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well now I'm curious. So I'll, I'll yeah. definitely well, have people have it. to check that out. Yeah. <laughs> and then is there anywhere else people can find your work or anything else online, Allison? No, I don't think so at the moment okay. mm-hmm. yeah uh josh uh are you uh, did you decide that you're doing what is it like a quarterly now for your your couch potato column i do it when i have an idea you do when you have an idea i don't believe in timelines anymore. It comes when he's needed <laughs> <laughs> you can't just you know tie me down like that, that, that... i'm a free spirit aaron right <laughs> um yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm just, trying just to whenever you just, you know, whenever the windows open, you feel like climbing up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I am in the process of, of coming up with another one. I don't have anything uh, just yet, but people should um, check out my most recent cash of columns um, where um, earlier I, I talked about um, WandaVision and its connection to Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. And then most recently, um, I'm honestly blanking on what I talked about. You talked about Arrowverse. Yeah, Arrowverse. There we go. I said, wow, I have such memory problems. Yeah, I talked about um, the Arrowverse being uh, essentially dead. And then the news came out afterwards that The Flash is ending. So I feel that I was very much confirmed in my belief. <laughs> and I should. I mean, it, it's nice to be right. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, doesn't matter that nine times ten of my predictions are terribly wrong. Like right. HBO Max being a good streamer, right. um, I at least got one thing right. Right. I mean, yeah. it right now it's still good. Mm-hmm. The <laughs> Warner Brothers discovery merger and mm-hmm. the fact that they're 
merging Discovery Plus with mm-hmm. HBO Max. Right. Right. I yeah. one of my my favorite one of my favorite things about that merger was um when they announced it and they had their tagline was the stuff that dreams are made of. And John Oliver did a bit where he's like, that's from the Maltese Falcon. That's about how like the, the Falcon was fake and like it's all like, you know, crap. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, why are you using that? <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. But um, take things out of context. All the yeah. Time. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if you want to follow me, I'm at Aaron Sarnecki on Twitter. I usually just talk about movies that I've watched recently. So um, I did see Nope in theaters, which unlike uh, Nickelodeon is extremely unfamily friendly, <laughs> unfriendly for families. And I question you, highly question you as a parent if you take your child to go see it. Um, but you might enjoy it if you're an adult. <laughs> um, uh, I also watched uh, Wall Street, which we, we were just talking about greedy, you know, executives and uh, you know, according to Gurren Gecko, Greed is good. So. Yeah. And then um, people can also listen to our uh, most recent um, film podcast where recently Aaron and I talked about Bambi for its 80th yeah. anniversary. Breaking out Bambi. Yeah. All you whippersnappers <laughs> don't remember Bambi. Oh, yeah. Remember it like it was yesterday. Back when, um, you know, you had to ration pork during World War II. Spam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had to walk 15 miles in the snow just to watch a yeah. movie. Right. Both ways. Okay. Um, but yeah, so people should check that out. Um, also, people can check out um, my recent podcast with uh, Bill and Alex on uh, the TV break, where recently we talked about... Um, the news about the flash being uh canceled or coming to an end as well as the new amazon prime show paper girls um which we all had really glowing um things to say about so check that out but until then um everyone thank you for listening uh allison thank you so so much for joining us really appreciate it thank you for having me yeah of course you are welcome back anytime um and aaron i guess i'm stuck with you no, just kidding. No, always glad to be with you here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, otherwise, everyone, thank you for listening. And until next time, remember, ah, here it goes. <laughs>